my vegetarian lasagnas, welcome to This Fucking Guy, a podcast about self-care, if self-care is one long scream into the void. Here is where we use expletives and alcohol to emotionally process the creeps, jerks, and p-words that compose the shitty elevator music of our lives. If I were a dwarf, I would be Sneezy and Martinez. And if I was a dwarf, I would be Sleazy, Ginger Golub. I mean, I feel that spiritually. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm still dealing with a lot of seasonal allergies. Uh, I actually went to the grocery store earlier, and what I do appreciate is at least my sneeze is fucking adorable, because there I am in, like, the frozen food section with Reek, and, like, ca- like, achoo! 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 <laughs> and I still, I still put my face in my elbow, even though I am masked up. It is just a natural response at this point. It's good. Keep that muscle memory going. Yeah. Um. And then my my sister Sarah, she uh she sneezes with this huge wind up. She goes. <gasps> <laughs> it's like you all right there. You are. Sounds you like all right? a cricket. Yeah. Speaking speaking of huge buildups, <laughs> dear listeners, we were we were so prepared to bring you an episode on Henry Ford last week. Yeah. Even. We, we record, boy, we recorded that before I went on vacation and then, uh, and then Ren's computer, uh, done ate it, just ate it right good. Nom, 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 nom. So before you scream into the void. Yes. Can I scream in joy? Oh, absolutely. Exultation that Americans are maybe not as fucking dumb as I thought they were. Like, you know, yeah, the bar was yeah. so low and we managed to step right on over it. And I'm just so proud of us. Yeah. <laughs> Florida, we don't know what we expected. But Georgia, like, Georgia, 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 Nevada, fuck yeah, buds. Come on down. <laughs> like, America, you did the bare minimum. And I'm just so proud. Of everyone. <laughs> Thank you, America. Thank, thank you to all of our listeners. I know all of you voted. So now it is time to bully the Democratic Party to actually change and be better than the status quo shitbirds they usually are. So, like, yes. bully the Democrats. That's that's the 2021 slogan. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> But yes, now I want to hear about this delicious thing that you have prepared for me. Yeah. So, so speaking of life changing events, um, our, our dear friend of the show, Velma, um, she is moving to Richmond. Um, yes. uh, Dear friend of mine is moving to Richmond from the Northern Virginia sort of soulless sweep. Um, (laughs) and you know, she's been sending me as a Richmonder, um, Craigslist listings of like, hey, do you know where this is? Does this look legit? Just so, so you know, I can keep her from moving to somewhere where she's going to get stabbed immediately, you know, right? make sure that those kinds of things are delayed. And she sent me this today. Stay for free if you help me need money. <laughs> is that, the title. That's a, That sounds like all caps. Is that an all it caps? Is. It is. Of course it is. Um, there's more commas than you think, but less spaces. <laughs> okay, here's the listing. No COVID-19 here. Look at, 
looking for a female, the opposite of male, to live in my home for free to help out around the house. Help with cleaning, or maybe cook sometimes, something small, or throw something easy together, eat, maybe go to the store at times. <gasps> All caps, this is a share room offer. Oh, I no. <laughs> oh, no. I have a California king bed with memory foam top. I don't bite, only nibble. <laughs> I'd like to find the ideal person to share life with, share all my Wi-Fi. If a relationship... <laughs> if a relationship is not your thing, then that's cool. We can just be friends and share life together having fun. You don't necessarily have to be of or in a relationship with me, but to be of a partnership and help one another out. All caps. I will pay for your time with me in anything we do. <laughs> I love to eat a peach and or pies. <laughs> I have a lot to offer to the right person. I'm a laid-back, easygoing white guy in my 40s. No drama or BS. I'm a hard worker, clean and respectful. I'm very giving, warm, and caring. Mm. I'd like to find the same in a woman. I would even pay you for whatever you need. Car to drive. I'm not prejudiced to any aspect. If you want to know more, please ask. My number is... I'm not going to read his number, even though, you know, if you want this guy's number, please message the <laughs> message the Is Facebook page. looking for a man who's giving, warm, and caring, with whom you can share a king-size California king bed, uh, who's covid -free. And all his Wi-Fi. <laughs> if you... S it's not done. It's not done. He somehow put this in the con... In the part where he is supposed to put his phone number... Send your pick for my pick. Thanks. If you smoke, must be outside on deck. Sorry, unless it's 420. If you're looking for me to be a Brad Pitt or a Tom Cruise look-alike, don't bother to answer ad. Thanks. <laughs> no. Oh, honey, no one thought you would look like no. Tom Cruise or Brad no. Pitt. No. No one was no. considering that. Uh, okay, so I do have to ask before I start, <laughs> start in. Um... Where was this posted on Craigslist? Uh, Virginia, housing, rooms and shares. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. Oh, like, no. I don't know if that's the most or the least appropriate place. No, it should, honey, there's a whole class, there's a whole personal section on Craigslist. Oh, there's, boy. I mean, I under, here's what's sad about, um, let's call him Frank. Here's the sad thing about Frank. Yeah. Frank is clearly trying to do like a, a, a pretty woman scenario where like he pays a lady and they end up falling in love anyway. Um, mm. but the thing is, is that Richard Gere was rich in that movie. <laughs> That's yep. how those things happen. You, yeah, you, know, you need a roommate. <laughs> That's the idea that he would be like, I need to list my attributes to just bring them in. Just bring mm, them in. I'll tell you the little, all I ask that you is like, maybe go to the store and eat and be a lady. <laughs> what, what do I have to offer? Number one, California king bed with memory foam top. I mean, honestly, 
I've been we've been looking for a new mattress. So like I respect a man with a good mattress game. <laughs> oh man. Oh Frank, I appreciate you reaching for the stars. Yeah. Um yeah, that the mattress the, the the mattress top, the the random caps locks. I also have an issue like it's funny cuz you see it in personals, but like when a man says they're giving and there's a specific thing they're yep. saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm yep. very giving. And I'm like, ooh, no. I, I don't want to date the guy that puts that in his Craigslist personal ad. <laughs> you no, know, it's not even a personal ad. It's looking for a roommate. It's, it's looking roommate for a roommate. <laughs> I'm looking for a roommate, and I will go down on you all day. <laughs> all day on my California King memory <laughs> foam. There is Wi-Fi available. <laughs> Could you please go to the store? I will buy you that frozen lasagna you want to cook. I don't look like Brad Pitt, but who does, really? Oh, you know, Frank, I wish you the best of luck in all your endeavors. Oh, boy. Clearly, this is Velma's number one pick. I know that she has so many in contention, but clearly, that was that's a front runner. and just go down on me all day <laughs> like i mean you're making it sound like he's not going to kill her and make her into a lamp <laughs> you know which what? is probably the end game of this no frank doesn't feel like doesn't frank doesn't feel like a skin guy you know what i mean but he's definitely he'll definitely be into your shoes he's definitely gonna smell all up in your shoes that's what mm. frank- <laughs> oh oh frank <laughs> on that note I think it's time for maybe some sex therapy <laughs> alright Gingy my feet are in shoes so unfortunately we're gonna have to you know keep this professional so yeah I'm so I'm so glad I didn't do a complete <laughs> sex criminal for this episode you know I, he's just a racist I mean, um, I mean your sex criminals are usually into birds so it's not like <laughs> look upon my village of sons so why don't you tell me again about this fucking guy because i can honestly tell you i was a little drunk last episode and also an election happened so i remember that he's racist and there was cars yeah. but like, this will all be brand new <laughs> He's racist and there were cars. Really, that is the entire Wikipedia mm-hmm, page. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and dear listeners, we've gone on for like 20 minutes about a Craigslist ad. And, <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, I'll skip the cute intro this time and just tell you that Henry Ford was born July 30th, 1863 in Wayne County, Michigan, like eight miles from Detroit. Um, by all accounts, he hated working on his family farm because it was tedious and he did not want to be. That's fair. What, 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 I'm sorry, what year was this again? This was 1863. I mean, yes, everything was tedious in the 1860s. This was like Gettysburg address era. (laughs) Yeah. Doing fucking anything was tedious. Everything was bad. Everything was in sepia back then. Did you Mm -hmm. know that? Hmm. 
Um, so he got really into like the mechanical farming equipment and into machines in general. Um, he liked Piper too. (laughs) He liked, um, taking watches apart and putting them back together, uh, and became very experienced as a watch repairman, but that's obviously not what he is known for. He's known for fucking tailpipes. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to make you into a pervert, Henry Ford. Don't fuck with us. Okay. When he was. I'll fucking fight when, you. I'll fucking fight you, Henry Ford. I don't care that you've been dead for 50 years. I mean, I would, um, I would fight Henry Ford. Absolutely. And will. Uh, when he was 16, help Ren exhume the corpse of Henry Ford so she can fight him. <laughs> I'm going to set up a, paypa- uh, a GoFundMe page. Support Reverend Martinez in fighting Henry Ford's corpse. (laughs) Um, When he was 16, his parents helped arrange for him to do some vague fucking kind of machine work in Detroit. Um, He had to literally walk to Detroit, which was like 10 miles away. Uh, And I imagine that that was his, there's gotta be an easier way moment where he was like, Ten miles uphill in the snow, both ways, barefoot. Both ways. Mm -hmm. It was Detroit, so I'd believe that. (laughs) While he was working in Detroit, he finally came face to face with the internal combustion engine, which is a weird way to say cars. Um, Ford definitely did not invent the internal combustion engine. But he did fuck it. (laughs) Yes. We said it on the internet. It's the law. Um... At that time, cars were, like, super ridiculously expensive and just, like, wealthy people play things. Um, they were also still called horseless carriages, and it is truly a shame that we got away from that. And uh, somewhere in all of this, he got a degree in bookkeeping. That is all of the information I have on that topic for you. I mean, it, I mean, it just kind of further cements the fact that he's a nerd who, you know, fucks tailpipes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Ford began working on building cars and car-like things. He got a job working for Westinghouse Electric and Thomas Edison. No word on if he crossed paths with Nikola Tesla, who also worked for both of those people. Listen to our episodes on that pigeon fucker. Um, they didn't get along. <laughs> I'm gonna get it's like he's a, like, do you want to fuck a car? He's like, no, I want to fuck a bird. <gasps> <laughs> You're being awfully charitable to Henry Ford. I read that more as like. You look vaguely ethnic. Oh, that's true, too. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Serbian or Jewish? Look uh. at you with your with your vaguely tan skin and your dark eyebrows. Mm, I don't like this. <laughs> In 1888, he married a farm lady, Clara Bryant, and five years later, they had their only child, a boy named Edsel, which is a name that you can give. That is a choice. To a baby is a choice. It's I mean it's no it's no Lehman or layman. Yeah, it's also isn't it like famously the worst Ford car ever? The Ford Edsel is that a car? I'm pretty positive. Let me Google it. (laughs) I don't get the impression that they would explode, but like if you got hit by anything, all of the glass is designed to break inwards and towards your face. Yeah, it's one of those things where dumbass people are like. Man, they don't make cars the way they used to. Like, looking at pictures where, like, some fucking 
continental boat from like 1953 <laughs> gets hit by a truck and the car is fine. And it's like, yeah, the car is fine. You, however, are mush all over the roof. You are <laughs> extremely dead. <laughs> Because cause the car did not crush, but you exploded because that energy has to go somewhere and it went in your bones. Yes, <laughs> and your bones exploded. A month after Edsel was born, Ford made a chief engineer at the Maiden Detroit Edison Company plant with responsibility for maintaining electric service in the city 24 fucking hours a day. Since he was on call all the time, this motherfucker would just stay up all night and work on cars, which is, you know, the thing you should be staying up with all night right after you've had a baby. Don't help your wife. I mean, um, why would, uh, she's a woman, Ginger. That's her job. <laughs> it's 1863. It's amazing he let her out of a cage. Um, <laughs> So finally, in 1896, he completed his first horseless carriage, the quadricycle. And before I describe this thing to you, I'm going to mention that even though Ford fancied himself to be an engineering genius, he had, like, almost no formal training in mechanical engineering, and he could not read a goddamn blueprint. With Carwatcher cycles, aren't those, like, really big bicycles with the really big front wheel? No, that's a penny farthing. Oh, I didn't know those had names. I answered that way too fast. Anyway... <laughs> Who's the nerd No, now? obviously. <laughs> I'm not an 80-year-old woman. <laughs> so, the quadricycle was, like, you're not the most wrong. It was on goddamn bicycle wheels and had no brakes. He did not remember to design brakes. I mean, you don't need They don't build them like they used to. Fucking coward. Ugh. <laughs> So, I mean, good luck, everyone else. <laughs> Most of them were pedestrians still, like, huh. It's Grand Theft Auto, like, 1890 style. <laughs> oh my god, what I would not give to play Grand Theft Auto 1890. You know, you're just, you know... TM, TM, TM. Going to, you know, hitting, I guess... The sex workers really weren't on corners. They were, like, mostly in brothels. But I guess you could try to hit the ones on the corners with their full bustles, and you're like, oh, they showed an ankle. Wow! <laughs> hit all the newsies on street corners. Shoot up the labor organizers. It's a good time. Um, so Ford somehow sold this abomination uh, to finance a new car that he was making, which he sold to finance a new car, et cetera, et cetera. And he got some notoriety. And wealthy financial backers were like, great, let's form the Detroit Automobile Company, which was later renamed the Henry Ford Company. Yeah. But Ford was like kind of a nightmare to work with because he was like, I'm absolutely going to let the perfect be the enemy of the good and wanted to like have any design completely perfected, which I guess involves maybe adding brakes before he was <laughs> willing to put it on the market. Can't be too mad at him for that part, but... Um, that's, like, generally not how businesses work and yeah. not how you make money. So they did some racing cars that got public attention, but 1902, he was like, fuck this, I'm out. He left the company that was named after him, which then reorganized and became the Cadillac Motor Company. Mm. And they put brakes in all of their cars, Henry. Henry. 
1903, he was like, okay, but seriously, I for real got a car to market this time. So he rounded up 28 grand from normies, normal citizens, uh, to incorporate the Ford Motor Company. And I mention the they were normal citizens thing because it's worth noting that Ford kind of hated rich people, which is like in a, a sentiment eat, we can get behind. Yeah, like in an eat the rich kind of way. I mean, not in an eat the rich kind of way, in a little bit more like I have a chip on my shoulder because I grew up on a farm and like people would drive by in their cars and spray dust on me and I would be like, someday, um, you know, old man Clint Eastwood shaking his fist at a cloud. Uh, okay. So less like you guys are destroying all of the environment and hoarding all the natural resources. Therefore, we need to, you know, destroy capitalism, but more like, Fuck you, you egotistical fucks, like Great Gatsby style, having parties at your pool, and I'm not invited. Yes. Yes. This also did not mean that he liked poor people, but we'll get to that. The Model T was released in 1908. It was revolutionary because it was cheap and actually worked. I read, like, so much on this and just synthesized it down to it was cheap. It worked. Um, in the 19 years, in the 19 years that the Model T was in production, same model, they didn't update it year by year. Um, it sold over 15 million cars in the U.S. Wow. It was responsible, largely, for the creation of suburbs, urban sprawl, the development of a highway system, and an agricultural revolution. Some of those things are good. At least one of them's good. <laughs> I will let you at home guess. <laughs> Pick your poison. Um, so Ford was able to make the Model T affordable because it was made super efficiently. So fucking efficiently. Ford is sometimes credited with creating the assembly line, which he didn't. He did not. Other companies had been doing similar stuff, and even with the, in the Ford company, it was like a collection of his employees that came up with the assembly line strategy. I'm a fucking hypocrite because in whatever article I was reading, I actually had the people. I didn't write them down. You don't care. I don't care. Um, but he was stealing credit. Meh. That's the point. Um, that's the point. But it was like super duper streamlined beyond what anybody else had done. It previously took at least 12 hours for any car to be built. He got the process down to like six hours. Um, That's not a lot of hours. It's really not for doing all of this by hand. You know, that's very impressive. Like, that's very impressive, Henry Ford. Especially since I'm sure they had to, like, turn that car on a lathe. And like, I mean, and, and, and again, they're doing it all by hand and all their tools are made out of like old timey leather and hopes and dreams and, <laughs> you know, sharp rocks. <laughs> <laughs> In 1908, Ford was making multiple models of cars, but he jettisoned all of them so they could just make a shitload more Model Ts to maxify, to maximize efficiency. One of the standard trivia facts that seemed they, they just teach everybody this in fourth grade, I guess, is that Ford famously said, you could buy a Model T in any color you wanted as long as it's black. Um, yep, definitely heard that. Yeah, they they chose black to make most of them just because it was the color that dried the fastest. And you could also, like, order them in different colors, but they just came standard in black. I mean, black's fine. I mean, I mean it must have been... <laughs> Like, there must have been a little bit that was refreshing to, like, go buy a car 
in the 1890s or whatever and just go up and be like, one car, please. (laughs) I mean, it's also, I mean, again, it doesn't really matter if it's black because everything was in black and white. There was no color yet. So Mm what did you want it in gray? (laughs) One in gray, Frank. Fucking pervert. Anyway, um... Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey. We brought it sexy again. I don't make love. I fuck hard. (laughs) This tailpipe specifically. Mm, 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 mm. I wear my sexy sex jeans in order to fuck tailpipes. Mm, mm. I am ashamed to say that we have a book in our house called Fifty Sheds of Grey that's just about sexy gardening. <laughs> Actually, that's exactly what I would expect in your home. Yep, yep. Uh, so this assembly line process, huh? Um, the assembly line process had skilled workers repeatedly doing, like, this little itty bitty part of the assembly process over and over and over and over again. Until they died. (laughs) That sounds like American capitalism. Yep. Um, As you can imagine, workers fucking hated doing that. Just Mm -hmm. like, I'm just going to get carpal tunnel for the rest of my life just doing this one thing. Of course, they didn't have Um, carpal tunnel back then. It was just ghost in your bones. Yes. Do cocaine about it. (laughs) So turnover was ridiculously high they would have to hire 300 guys a year to fill a hundred positions wow that's even higher than my last gig i was gonna say it's even worse than working in the nonprofit sector but only mm-hmm. by a little bit anyway so but yeah like filling that many positions over and over repeatedly and having all this kind of turnover isn't efficient because you have to keep training people and you have to keep hiring yeah, and it's, not, it's very expensive after a while Yeah, you want people to get, like, so good at it that they can do it, like, even faster than is normal. So, in an attempt to retain more workers and minimize the amount of training, um, Ford Motor Company implemented a minimum wage of $5 a day in 1914 for qualifying male workers. Ford actually did hire some women and black workers. It is very clear that female workers did not qualify for minimum wage, And it is not clear if black men were included. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To be fair, that amount was about double the industry average. And they also, like some, sometime kind of later, adopted a 40-hour work week and a three-shift system. So people weren't working for like 16 hours in a row, which I guess they were before. Henry Ford, labor innovator. Who would have thought? I mean... (laughs) I mean, because fucking nothing ever changes, like, people were calling him a mad socialist. Oh, my God. Henry Ford, the mad socialist. Yeah, right. Oh, people still don't understand what socialism means. It's amazing. We have an internet now, and people still don't understand. We've been over the fact that, like, my my beloved mother-in-law did text my husband at one point that a vote for Joe Biden was a vote for socialism. And I was just like, if that was true, I would have voted for him in the primary. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy leftist Joe Biden. Crazy leftist Joe Biden. America. If only. What I wouldn't get. (laughs) 
Is there a monkey's paw around here? Like, let's find out. <laughs> um, Ford himself admitted that humanitarianism... That's not a word. Ford himself admitted that humanitarianism had nothing to do with the new labor practices. Like Bezos today, he stressed keeping prices low in order to capture the widest possible market and then met the price by volume and efficiency and driving everyone else out of business. Like a monopoly. It has been said. <laughs> also, paying workers more made them potential customers for the cars they were making, which I, I almost have to admire that hustle. Um, hey, man, like... The same could be said about any MLM scheme. Like you gotta, you gotta have money in order to buy those Lularoe leggings, you know. Well, well, in like any MLM scheme, the workers basically had to sell their soul to be a part of it and get that like five dollars a day. Um, he was super gross and paternalistic, which was really his whole brand. It is. <laughs> Fairly rare for someone's this fucking guyness to be so easily synthesized into one vibe. Mm -hmm. But it's super gross paternalism here. Super gross and paternalistic. Mm. And anti-Semitic, but in a, but in a super gross and paternalistic way. Um. So Ford's whole thing was this sincere, overwhelming belief that he knew better and was better than anyone else, and he needed to mold everyone else into his image. Um. I bet he wasn't so even that cute. He looked like this. He looked like his name should be Clarence. That is definitely a man that, like, has a cane and whacks strange children with it when he sees them laughing. Like, he looks like a white walker, but a dandy. <laughs> like, there's this certain receded like, eye. the white walker became the Monopoly man. Yeah. So for his workers, this meant that he had, that he expected them to follow this specific moral code. In business, Ford also offered profit sharing to select employees who stayed with the company for six months and more importantly, conducted their lives in a respectable manner. Mm. I'm going to guess that the company does not involve fucking tailpipes. Or that's the only practice thing what it involves. <laughs> practice what you preach, Henry. <laughs> Um, the company's social department, ew, uh, would, uh, look into an employee's drinking and gambling and whether or not they were a deadbeat dad. Oh, so it's not like one of those fun, I say fun, fun is in quotations, um, like random, like work groups at your work that's like, we're the party, we're the party people and we create like those really awkward, like, social events for all the co-workers to attend. I mean, I assume that the social department is responsible both for getting Sharon's birthday cake and for breaking your knees if you get into the gym. Sharon knows how to party. <laughs> Sharon will break your knees, but first, blow out this candle. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they, they would basically follow employees around to figure out, like, if you got Stock options, because you were behaving yourself, I guess. Um, and I've seen accusations also that he had the social department implement corrective action for employees that he considered to be morally deficient. Again, breaking your knees, probably. Do I know that that's true? I don't. Does it feel true? Absolutely. <laughs> 
And I just imagine the people in the social department are named like Gertrudence and like only wear tweed. And so that's who's breaking your knees is Gertrudence. Gertrudence. But with a really long ruler. <laughs> yes. They're all nuns. Except for I feel like he wouldn't have liked Catholics. Oh, that's true. He probably fucking hated the Catholics. Probably not. <laughs> Despite having an actual bookkeeping degree, Ford didn't believe in accountants. Somehow, he amassed one of the world's largest fortunes without ever having his company audited under his administration. Without an accounting department, Ford had, Ford had no way of knowing exactly how much money was being taken and spent each month, and the company's bills and invoices were reportedly guessed at by weighing them on a scale. Cool. Honestly, that's, like, way more efficient than math. Ford was against entering World War I, and in 1915, he chartered an ocean liner to undertake a totally unsanctioned peace mission with pacifist activist Rosika Schwimmer. Uh, after he realized that people were making fun of him in the U.S. media, though, uh, he basically got off the boat in Sweden and was like, I've never seen the boat or the woman before. Deuces. What are you talking about? And just went skiing. Because what else do you do in Switzerland? Probably. Other than eat chocolate. This is pre-Nazis. So, you know, less Nazi gold. A lot of watches, though. It's right, it's right up his So many watches. Hmm. He did support a League of Nations uh, and was a fan of Woodrow Wilson. Uh, so Wilson talked him into running for Senate in 1918 so he'd have more League of Nations support in the legislature. He was narrowly defeated after a campaign of personal attacks by his opponent. And it probably also had to do with the fact that he, like, refused to spend any money or any effort campaigning. He's like, if the people will it, I will win. Hey, that means we didn't get Henry Ford in the Senate. So honestly, like, I'm not I'm not upset by that at all. So why was he so against the U.S. entering World War One? Hmm. Well, in 1915, Ford said he blamed German Jewish bankers for instigating the war. <laughs> oh, I love how I'm he's the only person who's ever said that and we've never said it ever again. <laughs> it's never come up again or been <laughs> insinuated again. In 1918, he bought a newspaper, the Dearborn Independent, which he distributed to all of his workers. It was more than happy to tell them all of his thoughts about morality and politics and Jews. Oh no, he was like one of the first like bloggers. He was a blogger essentially. I mean, I'm thinking about this more like every unsolicited newspaper. You're like, I didn't sign up for this. Why does it keep coming to yeah, my but email it's not inbox? The news. It's a blog. It is a man's op-ed. That's it. It's a newspaper made entirely of this one man's op-eds. So it's Rupert Murdoch and Fox News? You're not wrong. So I'm not wrong. <laughs> So every Ford franchise nationwide had to carry the paper and distribute it to its customers as well as its employees. So he reached about 700,000 people with this, like, stupid in-house newsletter, Fox News Live Journal. And he reached people with a lot of his hot takes. Um, for example, the newspaper called Prohibition-era whiskey, N-word gin. <laughs> and labeled jazz Yiddish moron music. 
I, he wasn't paying that, like, he never listened to jazz to know he didn't like it. He just, like, heard it was from New York and Chicago and was just like, Jews. (laughs) Ford got a lot of his ideas from the bullshit racist pamphlet, The Protocols of the Elders of Zion. No, not that piece of shit. Don't do that. In Germany, Ford's anti-Semitic articles from the Dearborn Independent were issued in four volumes, cumulatively titled The International Jew. Oh, IJ, your namesake. <laughs> Longtime listeners of the podcast will recognize this from our War on Christmas episode as being the reason we ironically call my boyfriend, fiancé, husband, the, the International Jew. <laughs> We love him so much, and we're making fun of Henry Ford. I mean, he, I mean, your boyfriend, fiance, husband is, in fact, a Jewish man about town, man about the world. Like, he is a high flying, freewheeling Jewish man. <laughs> I mean, we will, we'll see how it gets when we're like outside of COVID restrictions and can finally go on honeymoon. Right now, he is at most the domestic Jew. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I, that sounds like a delightful cooking show on YouTube. I would definitely. <laughs> domestic <watch>. Jew. <laughs> Yes. Is it too late to just change his nickname? He's now the domestic Jew. <laughs> the domestic it is so much Jew. DJ. Oh, he's DJ. Aw, that's really cute, actually. In a letter written in 1924, Heinrich Himmler, I've really pivoted here. Heinrich Himmler <laughs> described Ford as one of our most valuable, important, and witty fighters. Ooh, Ford oh. is, he's the only American mentioned favorably in Mein Kampf. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Cool, cool legacy. Cool, cool, cool. It's one of those things where, like, you know, maybe you don't recognize and maybe your hot takes are really not that great. But then, like, someone's like, did you know that you're in Mein Kampf in, like, a good way? And you're like, I need to take some self-reflection. I need to take a moment <laughs> to think about this now. <laughs> because, ooh. To think about my impact on the world. But he he was just too fucking stupid to do that, though. Um, no, he, it wasn't stupidity. He just hated Jews that much. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to let this anti-Semitism ride. Like, <laughs> well, you you remember you remember his thoughts on jazz music. <laughs> uh, so he apparently donated a lot of money to public education to fund square dancing classes as, like, an anti-jazz influence. So, yes, to this day, this is why you have to fucking dozy-do in second grade. Oh, my God. Because of anti-Semitism. I remember this. I remember having to do square dancing. And first of all, it's like... I I mean, I lived in, I grew up in Central Virginia, which is not the most Virginian part of Virginia, but, like, I've never felt more Virginian so early in my life than having to do fucking square dancing in, like, my third grade gym class. Like, I was like, could we not get, like, the little butt scooters? Can we go back to the butt scooters? Those are much more fun. I mean... Did you not have the butt scooters? Oh, of course I remember the butt scooters. I (laughs) nearly decapitated myself several times on the butt scooters. I have no coordination. Do you think the butt scooters were like one motor vehicle before the quadricycle and Henry Ford's evolution? You know what? I believe it because that thing nearly took off my finger more than once. Yeah. No brakes. (laughs) No brakes. 
well, also, uh, he wrote on May 22nd, 1920, if fans wish to know the trouble with American baseball, they have it in three words. Too much Jew. That doesn't matter, and baseball never comes up again. It was just such a what-the-fuck quote that you know I what, had to include You know include what they it? say, there's, there's, there's nothing more Jewish than baseball and apple pie. And jazz. And jazz. <laughs> nothing more Jewish. <laughs> than jazz and baseball. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just, like, I'm just imagining like all these like Hasidic Jews being like, "Hey, let's break out the cold porter." <laughs> I mean, that's probably a lot of Brooklyn, <laughs> but it's just such a specific. Anyway, in 1927, he got sued for libel, which led to some revelations. Ford claimed that. Even though his name was on all of these anti-Semitic articles, he didn't write them and didn't even read any part of them, but the headlines before they were published. Yeah, you know, that makes total sense. I definitely put my name yeah, on things that I have not read and have no intention of reading. Except for, I mean, terms and agreements, which absolutely. Terms yeah, no, and I probably have sold my soul to Satan more than once. Yep. Trying to just, like, <laughs> fucking update iTunes. <laughs> Investigative reporters and people who knew the parties involved seemed to agree that this is bullshit. And Ford was behind all of it. Um, but Ford did sell the Dearborn Independent newspaper and apologize for his anti-Semitic rhetoric. Though his apology was actually written and signed by other people. It's it's very much it's very much the apology of like the Matt Lowers and the Louis C.K.s of like I am so sorry that you took offense to something that was totally non-offensive. I am sorry that your delicate feelings were hurt when you misinterpreted this thing, and I will do my utmost to make sure you no longer misinterpret or have your feelings mm -hmm. hurt because you're a sensitive person who doesn't understand situations. I'm so sorry you were offended by what I wrote. I honestly didn't think you could read. <laughs> Henry Ford turned the presidency of Ford Motor Company over to Edsel, his son, in December 1918. Henry must have thought that his son was a real fucking dum-dum, though, uh, because he retained final decision-making authority and often reversed Edsel's decisions. I'm going to guess it's less that... Eddie was a dum-dum, and more that Henry Ford was a fucking perfectionist fucking freak. I don't know. I'm watching The Crown right now, and there's some real, like, Prince Charles energy to Edsel. Like, very inbred energy. <laughs> yeah. Very, that like, too. I have bloodborne illnesses because of genetic crossover. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, the Model T probably also led to a lot fewer <laughs> genetic illnesses because people could date outside of the three-mile radius they were born mm. in. Oh, my goodness. That genetic diversity. Mm, so sexy. So mm. sexy. Mm -hmm. And people on the Upper Peninsula of Michigan stopped having gills. <laughs> anyway. For I'm so sorry, Michigan. Ford started another company. Henry Ford and son and made this like big to do about I've started my own company. I just hit the table really hard. Let me take that again. 
Is this that the first you thing? I th- sorry, would would you say Henry Ford? Instead, for some reason, the first thing I think of is fucking Jacob in the Technicolor Dreamcoat being like Henry, Henry and son, and there was Joseph, his favorite son. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. Oh, I'm over here with Stanford and son just going. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> which i hope is the right show (laughs) ford started another company henry ford and son and made this big to do about hey everybody hey investors i started a new company and i've brought all my best employees with me to the new company none of Um, them are jews None of them are Jews. And he managed to scare the remaining holdout stockholders of the Ford Motor Company to sell all of their stakes to him before they lost value. And then he and Edsel bought all of the remaining stock and gave the family sole ownership of the company. That sounds super illegal. At least it's illegal now, I think. <laughs> um, Susie? Susie? Susie, if you're out there and you know anything about uh, insider trading or stock fraud, please, please <laughs> do it. tweet at us I love and it clear when we this call up. it like Susie or Velma or whoever, and it sounds like we're at a fucking Ouija board. Like, Susie, can you hear us, Susie? Does this sound illegal, Susie? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, yes. <laughs> Give us a sign. In 1919, he filed a million-dollar libel suit against the Chicago Tribune after an editorial called him an ignorant idealist because of his opposition to the U.S. involvement in World War I. And while the jury did find in his favor, they awarded him only six cents. Mm. I love petty shit. Anyway. That's real fuck you money. Although, I mean, it was 1919. He could probably buy a house with that. Like, I don't know. That fucking pisses me off, man. Because that's probably not that far off, Keith. <laughs> Eventually, the refusal to uh, customize and specialize that had led to the rise of the Model T was also its downfall. Other automakers were making more, like, luxury customized cards, and Ford wasn't really willing to adapt the Model T to meet that. He did release the Model A in 1927, but it wasn't the same success, and he began to be outsold by General Motors. I know this is going to shock you, but Ford fucking hated labor unions. What? Maybe not for the reasons you would think. Um, or maybe for exactly the reasons. because they're full of Jews? He apparently thought that they were really all about protecting employers, uh, and not the employees, and felt that if employees would only listen to him, he could offer them so much more than the unions. Uh, so because he valued workers and their rights so much, he expressed this by using company police, um, labor spies and violence to prevent unionization. Because he respected his workers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that Henry Ford, labor activist, that's what I'm getting from that. (laughs) The social department breaking in on Sharon's birthday party being like, is this a union? Show me your knees. Yeah, fucking Gertrudence breaking into Sharon's birthday party with a fucking ruler being like, it smells like a fucking union in here. (laughs) Gertrudence, won't you break all the knees? (laughs) You went exactly where I wanted you to go, and it makes me so happy. 
the labor unions out, Ford promoted Harry Bennett, a former Navy boxer, to head the service department, another euphemistically named department. Uh, Bennett employed intimidation tactics to suppress union organizing. As far as I can tell, that was the whole fucking department. On March 7th, 1932, so during the Great Depression, unemployed auto workers staged the Ford Hunger March to the River Rouge Complex to present 14 demands to Henry Ford. The Dearborn Police Department and Ford's Service Department opened fire on the workers, killing five and injuring 60. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah A few yeah. years later, on May 26, 1937, Bennett's security men beat members of the United Auto Workers with clubs and the police who were allied with Ford in the service department refused to intervene. The next day, pictures of the injured United Auto Workers members appeared in newspapers, later becoming known as the Battle of the Overpass. Well, again, I'm glad that American history has never repeated itself. I'm glad that you know, mm. protesters trying to advocate for their rights, going out to the streets to lawfully gather and use their First Amendment rights to uh, to protest, um, would never be met with state violence. I'm just glad we've really learned that lesson. Ford didn't get a United Auto Workers chapter until 1941, and they were the last fucking Detroit auto company to get on board. And even then... Ford was like, should I sign this union contract or should I close my entire business? But luckily his wife told him to stop being a dick and that she would leave him if he didn't sign the contract. So good for snaps prudence. Clara. <laughs> his wife was Clara. Clara, who's clearly not important to the Henry Ford story, except for this exact moment where she slaps him upside the back of the head being like, fucking duel. She she gets brought up twice. She married him and she told him he was being a dick. That's all we <laughs> needed from her. History. Edsel, uh, the son, was actually fairly pro-union, but that's one of the reasons that Henry kept vetoing him at, like, every goddamn turn, because he's like, you're a goddamn commie, and, uh, <laughs> like, insists on re retaining control of the company. Also, R.I.P., one of the greats, Edsel died in 1943 from stomach cancer, and Henry took the company back over at the age of 80, despite, like, this was not a good 80. This wasn't like a Jane Fonda 80. This was, <laughs> he was physically very frail, and he had had a series of strokes the decade before. No, this is like a Henry Kissinger 80, where you're like, why haven't you died yet? <laughs> Just fucking die already! God damn it! He handed control of the company over to his grandson, Henry Ford II, in 1945, after Ford almost bankrupted the company. Yeah. And they probably threatened to put him in a home. I mean, he kept, you know, falling for those scams. Um, You know, the, the, the ads kept popping on the screen. It's like, oh, I won a million dollars. They just need my bank. They just need my bank information. I trust this, not the Jews. And just like... Not the Jews, but this Nigerian prince is making a lot of good points. <laughs> Ford opposed the U.S. entering World War II. He insisted that the war was the product of greedy financiers Ooh. who sought to profit in human destruction. Hmm. 
Ren. Hmm. Ren. Yeah. Do we think he means the Jews? I think he means the Jews. I think he might mean the Jews. <laughs> um, in 1939, he went so far as to claim that the torpedoing of a U.S. merchant ship, uh, or several U.S. merchant ships, even if I could read my writing, by German submarines was the result of conspiratorial activities undertaken by financier war makers. Oh. I think he meant the Jews again. I mean... I, th- I, th- I possibly, I mean, I don't know though, cause now everything's done by the globalists and I know that's not a, that's no dog whistle. <laughs> it couldn't be. <laughs> Speaking in 1931 to a Detroit news reporter, Hitler himself said that he regarded Ford as his inspiration, explaining his reason for keeping Ford's life-size portrait next to his desk. Ford was awarded the Grand Cross of the German Eagle, something that sounds so goddamn sinister, and the most important award that Nazis gave away to foreigners by Adolf Hitler himself. Can I just say that having a life-size portrait of anyone by your desk is creepy? I was going to say unless it's you, but no, that's perhaps the creepiest. Yeah, no, that's fucking creepy. You can do it of a dead wife or your dog. Well, you can do it of your dead wife as long as she's haunting the building you're living in. I mean, you know she's in a nightgown, like, knocking on doors and shit in the middle of the night. As long as the eyes follow you around the room. Exactly. But a life-size dog portrait, I'm totally down for. Like, any pet portraits, I'm into. Mine don't have to be that big. But I don't need any life-size portraits of anti-Semites in my house. Well, that torpedoes all of my Christmas ideas for you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Picky, picky, picky. So, yeah, he got this, like, Grand Eagle Cross fucking thing from Hitler in 1938. He accepted the award, I feel like, is the most important thing. Um, in distribution of the International Drew... The International Drew? The International Jew was halted in 1942 after Ford sued to stop publication. But that was also kind of presumably so he wouldn't get tried for treason yeah a little too late my man a little too late it's still banned in germany well yeah it's basically the nazi pamphlet yeah yeah in germany i mean it's not that they're not without their issues but like unlike america it's like ooh, we did a bad thing i did a bad thing germany's national slogan is just we done fucked up i regret that thing i did anyway Testifying at Nuremberg, which is a very chill way to start a sentence. Testifying at Nuremberg, convicted Hitler youth leader Balder von Schirach stated, The decisive anti-Semitic book I was reading, and I'm not doing this in a racist German accent, I'm sorry. The decisive (laughs) anti-Semitic book I was reading and the book that influenced my comrades was that book by Henry Ford, The International Jew. I read it and became anti-Semitic. The book made a great influence on me and my friends because we saw in Henry Ford the representative of success and also the representative of a progressive social society flawless german flawless i i was transported just most of it's just shouting (laughs) that is very german (laughs) yeah no it's definitely a bad thing if your name got dropped at the nuremberg trials like if they made you come and testify if it's the nuremberg trials and somebody goes explain yourself um beginning in 1940 
Ford Verka in Germany requisitioned between 100 and 200 French prisoners of war to work as slave laborers, even though this violated the Geneva Convention. This was still before the U.S. entered the war and still had di diplomatic relations with Nazi Germany. Wikipedia is pretty clear that Ford Verka was under the control of the Ford Motor Company, though the Ford Company would later deny this. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> of course they're going to fucking you. deny it. Like, it's it's like, they're going to use it, of course, but then when someone says, did you do that thing? Like, they're like, nah. Why would you ever think that? Yeah, Ford obviously later denied this, but the number of slave laborers grew as the war expanded, even though Nazi authorities did not require German companies to use slave laborers. That was totally volitional. Capitalism. Capitalism. Allegedly, after the war, Ford was shown newsreel footage of a concentration camp and was confronted with the atrocities which finally and unanswerably laid bare the bestiality of the prejudice to which he contributed. He collapsed with a stroke, his last and most serious. Ford I mean, died. I would, I would like to believe that being confronted by his sins actually killed him, but I don't think so. I think he just was fucking, I don't know, like, drinking the blood of an in a species that he had just made extinct, and that's what killed him. <laughs> Or just like, how did you get into my house with that newsreel? <laughs> that doesn't seem like he would have done that willingly, but, no. um, yeah, he did maybe die. Maybe clockwork orange. I just keep saying he died. <laughs> he died. End of the Ford story. Died. He died. Ford died. He died. He died. He died. He's dead. <laughs> of a cerebral hemorrhage at home, 1947. Age of 83. His holdings... In Ford stock went to the Ford Foundation, which subsequently became the richest private foundation in the world. Yes. In 1998, a lawsuit filed in Newark, New Jersey, accused the Ford Motor Company of profiting from the forced labor of thousands of people at that Ford Verka truck factory in Cologne, Germany, during World War II. Ford Company said, it's not our fault. The factory was under the control of the Nazis. And also in 2001, the Ford Motor Company released a study which found that Ford Motor Company did not, they did not, their study said that they did not profit from the German subsidiary. Oh. Who could have anticipated that they would find themselves completely blameless? I have looked into my own actions and determined I did nothing wrong. <laughs> Therefore, apologize to me. At the same time, but I'm sure totally unrelated, they promised to donate $4 million to human rights studies focused on slavery and forced labor. So, when Trump visited the Ford plant this May and praised Ford's family on their great bloodlines, didn't go well. Didn't mm. go well. This is the beauty of having written this right before the election and doing a pass at it before the election and then doing it after again because fuck you, you fucking Nazi. You don't get to go back to the White House. Let's send you to prison. Yeah, prison. Prison for all of you. Prison, prison, hell yeah. Prison, prison. So, after all of that, it seems like we might need a self-care plan. I'm into it. So, 
let's focus on teachers this week because coronavirus is ramping up again and they are having a rough time. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. So here's three, you know, especially aimed at teachers, but really for anyone. Keep some fun snacks or toys in your desk or at your workspace for a little pick-me-up in the middle of the day. Something like tea, healthy snacks, or silly putty. Keep track of the positive. Hold on to positive notes and feedback from students and families, and consider keeping a journal to remember favorite stories. And also, unwind at the end of the day by taking part in a favorite activity. Anything from watching a favorite show to going for a jog can help you let go of the day and release stress. And also, lastly, remembering that Donald Trump isn't going to be the fucking president anymore come, like, early mid-January. I'm just knocking on wood just in case. I mean, it's one of those things where I have to breathe a sigh of, sigh of relief. I mean, it certainly doesn't change how shitty everything is. But it's also like, again, we're at least not diving head first into fascism anymore. We just are going to have a president who wants to take things back to the way they were right before we elected the fascist president, which is better. Yeah, instead of diving headfirst into fascism, we're, like, on those little steps, those, are like, wide steps that lead into the pool, and you just got your feet right. in, and you're like, oh, it's so cold, but I'm here, and I'm in my bathing suit. We're creating that perfect set of circumstances to allow it to happen again, but, you know, it's... It's not the it's not the belly flop. It's less it's fashy belly flop. We have to take our <laughs> victories where we can. And on that note, that's going to be all for us this week, folks. If you like what you're hearing, and you should, because all of you guys looking at our Facebook group should also be listening to this podcast. Check us out. Um, we have thisfandguypod.com. We're on Twitter, thisfandguypod. Again. Our Facebook, this fucking guy, is a meme paradise. So, yes. Come. We, they are the dankest of memes. The dankest. Um, and the skankest of GGs. Which we do plan on having some bonus content. Um, we've premiered two of our uh, Caucasity game show episodes on the regular show but it's probably going to move to a patreon specific content because we have to yeah. actually put things on there so <laughs> well we also we also have um an episode following up on caitlin bennett which i think is like one of our most popular oh, episodes yeah, today. Yeah, so if I you want to hear more i definitely need to get that on there where i read another one of her brilliant essays to ginger for her to just make faces at it's great yeah, if you want to hear more about that nut job, you can find us on Patreon at this effing guy pod. Um, but you know, maybe instead just thank a teacher. I don't know. I'm still donating to my local bail fund because they're still doing great work. Yeah, local food banks, local bail funds. As always, I'm Ginger Golub. I am Ren Martinez. Here's a bonus self care tip. Turn off the news. Then you're throwing your TV in a lake. That was a lot more applicable when I wrote it before the election. And also, you're fine. Because you're not, and won't it, will not be, this fucking guy. Peace. Peace. This fucking